Simplified Chaos, Episode 82. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Wonderful friends, welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, one of your hosts, and I'm with my co-host and husband, Nicholas. What is going on, folks? Hope you all are having a wonderful week. We're coming at you from the stormy studios here at the Kaselniak House. A nice little evening full of rain, much needed. It's been hot as hell here in Maryland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but enough about our complaints. Jilly, what are we getting into this week? Today's topic is all about a fortune cookie. Yeah, fortune cookie changed our lives. It just sparked this episode topic. It really did. And it's funny because fortune cookies no longer really tell fortunes. No. They have life advice and then sometimes they just have some shit that you just are like, what? <laughs> what did they just tell me to do? This isn't a fortune. But we were lucky enough to get a fortune cookie that... Made a lot of sense, hit home. It did. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And before we get into today's fortune cookie adventure, we're going to show a little gratitude. Jilly, what are you grateful for this week? Today, I am grateful for dental hygienists. <laughs> oh, wow. So Lucille had a dentist appointment today. Lucille Do tell. I'm I'm curious to see where this is going. She had her second dentist appointment ever. And of course she was like clinging to me because she sees this giant chair and she, you know, last time she wasn't even asked to go in the chair. She was just in my lap and she was facing me and her legs were around me. And then I kind of like leaned her back on my knees Okay, and they kind of did what they needed to do that way. Not, not the... Not it was the, time to get in the big girl it chair. It was. And I, you know, she was like, all right, so you're going to lay her on this chair and then she's going to, you're going to cross her arms and you're going to hold her down pretty much like a restraining jacket. <laughs> like the mommy straight jacket. And I kept saying like, it's, you know, can I just hold her? Cause she was like not having it. She was crying and crying and was crying. Was she doing her Tasmanian but devil cry? The, the dental, <laughs> sort of. The <laughs> dental hygienist was very kind. She's like, so you're going to put her in this chair. Like she just kept repeating what what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. So she was crying and kicking and I put her in the chair and held her hands. And of course she's wailing. And, you know, we try to, we get her to finally lay her head back. And as soon as she gets in there and starts working, you know, I'm just counting. I'm like, one, two, three. And she's still crying, but you know, her mouth is open. So that was a good thing. <laughs> and the dental hygienist was like, I'm, sh- I'm sure she's probably used to it. Maybe at kids that age. Sure. And have to. Lucille was just crying her way through it, but then after she was done, like she got up and I was like, you know, can you say thank you? Thank you. Like completely okay. Then she had to get in again for the doctor to do her little checkup and was like wailing again. But you know what? Everyone was so calm and collective and they even had, you know, I didn't even think about this experience for kids, but you know, they were all masked up and they had mm-hmm. like um just more things on than usual. They even had they their the hair pinned back. They had a shield. Yeah. They had a hair nets of some sorts. So they had these little keychains that they would carry around with their picture on it, showing them what they actually look like. 
Oh, that's cool. So they're like, so this is your doctor. This is what she looks like if you don't remember. And like they actually showed what their face looked like. Because I'm sure kids are probably freaked out seeing these people in like all these coverings and not you yeah. know, knowing who yeah. the heck is working on me. So I was like, you know, that's pretty smart to do that. So the kids have a little bit more ease and can recognize their doc- their dentist if they've been going there I didn't regularly. I really think about that either. I, I mean, I went either. to, I had my teeth cleaned not too long ago. And yeah, it was the shield and everything like that. But like to me, I know what my hygienist looks like. I mean, I've been going to her for years. Whereas Lucille is like, I haven't seen this person in a year or six months or whatever it is. I don't remember her. And that and just what they're wearing is not the norm, you know, like no. you can't see any part no, of it's like you're going in for surgery. Really. Yeah. So I thought that was very clever and everyone was just very calm and cheery and happy. And it was a very nice experience. And it's actually, I actually prefer this experience because I wasn't in the waiting room for like a half an hour. I pulled in the parking lot, called them. They're like, all right, here's the paperwork to sign. We're going to send someone out. And it was like in a jiffy, we were in and out. So they're like, it was really nice. Yeah. The, uh, efficiency has to be a, uh, a very prioritized thing now because you have to still have that appointment back to back and, you know, you have to take these extra precautions. So, I mean, they have to be on top of it now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good for them. Glad that uh, it was a good experience for you guys. It was. So, what about you? I'm grateful for your mom. Oh. Yeah. We are getting ready to do another getaway. Yes, we are. We are. So, we were supposed to be going out to Colorado this week. We had our flight booked. We paid $200 for round-trip tickets for both of us. I mean, that was total for the both of us to go out to Denver. But, you know, with coronavirus making a, I don't want to even say a comeback, but, you know, surging again, we were like, you know what? This year, just air travel is in in the cards for us. You know, we we got lucky and we had a chance to travel out to St. Louis to interview Michelle uh, back in January before all the the craziness happened. But uh, you know, we were going to go out there and we had somebody we wanted to interview, and it, it's just not in the cards for us this year. You know, we'll we'll figure out a way to to interview, um, you know, via Skype or, or whatever. We are. Uh, yeah. I just um, oh, messaged her. Flash. She said that she would love that, so we're gonna. We're going to interview her over Zoom, so awesome. we'll have that for people later. So stay tuned for that, folks. Yeah. But um, instead of going out to Colorado, we decided to do something where we can minimize the risk. And, you know, we'll be driving. It's it's a drivable trip. And so we're going to Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, there is a lot of great little restaurants there, and it's close to the Shenandoah Mountains. So we are going to do some hiking. We're going to do some exploring locally. And I'm not sure that restaurants are are fully open there or or half open or seating people outside, but we're going to make the most of it. And we're going to have a nice little getaway for for a couple of days. And so, you know, I really appreciate your mom, um, you know, willing to to help out on that and, and to watch Lucille as we, uh, Get a little time alone. I agree. Brown chicken, brown cow. I haven't really looked forward to something in a while. You know, experiences are one of those things where I really look forward to like just finding new places and doing something different. Yeah. And we might be incorporating a little bit of that into today's episode. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little about bit about how we're replacing our desire to travel with Things that we're doing here at the home, in the home front. Yes. So I guess we should first start with this fortune cookie. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> I'm sure people are dying to know what our fortune cookie said last Friday. 
And come to find out when I did Google it, it was a quote from like a famous humorist who used to write in the newspaper back in the day. So it just, they did, I guess they take quotes and just put them on pieces of paper and call it a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, it's making them money. So this quote is actually been, was said from Franklin Jones. And here's the quote that kind of sparked some conversation. A bargain is something you don't need at a price you can't resist. A bargain is something you don't need at a price you can't resist. That sparked so much conversation. Like at first I, I, I heard that quote and I was just like, hell yeah. That I mean, it's probably the most perfect quote about our spending habits, not us personally, but the United States as, as a whole. And, you know, it's generalizing. Not everybody has the same habits, but I would say a majority of us, you know, are, are ingrained and programmed that way that you have to take the bargain no matter what. Like, you're not going to get that opportunity again. I feel like we don't do as much thinking and that's why they do it. I, I honestly think we're wired to when we see 75% off, 50% mm-hmm. off, we don't even think twice about the quality of the product, how well it's made, how long it's going to last. We just instantaneously or even if you're going to like it. Yeah, we just say, oh, why shouldn't we do that? That would be silly if we don't. And I think our whole experience through like, you know, simple living or just, you know, getting rid of the excess and then just really questioning things. We have done that and saved so much money by just questioning, like, why do I need that? Or what's its purpose? Or how long is it going to last? Instead of just saying, yeah, I should get that because that's what Mm -hmm. we do in America. We buy and we don't ask questions and we brag about it too. Like, oh my God, I got this at 50% off instead of, hey, look at this well-made shirt that I got. You know, it's it's kind of funny how now that I'm more aware of it, I hear it. I'm more mindful when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I used to I used to talk like this. Like, I'd be really excited to talk about sale prices. And now I'm like the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, look at this really nice hat that I got at two hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> and it's made well. And I wear it all the time. Like, I'm really excited to talk about prices now because mm-hmm. I realize how much more I value items and really take the time to put thought into it. And that's the thing, too, like. Think about it from a kid's perspective. Like if a kid gets something they and it's it's a gift to them, they may or may not take care of it. Um, you know, they didn't put any money money into it. They didn't put any work into it to, to get that item. And the same thing I feel like when it comes to something that's at a reduced price, you're not going to take care of it as if it's something that you paid full price for. You're not going to you may have no problem leaving it in the back of the closet or in a drawer somewhere or out in the garage, you know, just depending on on what it, the, the product is. But, you know, if it's something that you you've researched, you've been looking for it and you're willing to spend, you know, the the right amount of money on it, then you are going to take care of it. You are going to use it. You are going to find a way to to incorporate it in your, your daily living. So, yeah, I mean, I really truly just value like things. And, you know, if, if I happen to get a deal on it, you know, that's great if I've been looking for at it for a while. But at the same time, if I don't get a deal on it and to me, I perceive that value being worth it, then I'm going to pull the trigger on it. So, no, I, I think that's a, a good point there. And I feel like through the however many years we've been living life this way and questioning items before we buy it, mm-hmm. I can honestly say that 
99% of bargains don't align with my values. Like they end up not being a good, a good choice. And here's just an example. Like it just, just kind of clicked when you were talking about, you know, our trip to Colorado. Like yeah. we booked it because it was a bargain. Like we were supposed to go out there. It was but, a bargain. We were also, also hopeful too. Yes. But also like, you're like, oh my God, it's 200 bucks. Like why shouldn't we? So we did book it. You're right. There was like a little bit of both, but at the end of the day, one of our biggest values is our health. And sure. no matter what the cost of that price of those tickets were, it's like our health is more important. We don't want to go there, you know, get something, bring it back, give it to my mom. Like, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we knew like this isn't in line with what we believe is the best decision for our health yeah. and our family around us. So I think that was like a great example when I heard you say that, like, yes, it was a bargain. Like, why shouldn't we? But at the same time, we're like, so it's probably not the healthiest decision for us at this mm-hmm. time and for our family around us. Well, and we knew going into that purchase is that there, there was a couple of things. One, we had somebody we wanted to meet and interview out there. And so it was like, this is the perfect time to, to pull the trigger on that. And my second thought was, you know, even if, you know, we can't make it out there, it, let's and we did exactly what we said we were going to do is at the beginning of July, we were going to evaluate where things were. And if yeah. things were continuing to improve, then we were willing to take that risk to, to get on the airplane, to get the flight out there, to rent a car, to go rent an Airbnb, to visit some people that we haven't met before and, and have an <laughs> interview, um, you know, so. We were willing to take that risk if things were getting better, but obviously things aren't getting better. Uh, in, in some cases, they're getting worse, just depending on the area. You know, I mean, for me, this and this is kind of a little off topic. It's just like uh, right now I'm grateful to live in, in Maryland because it seems like things are are still very positive here, even though cases are now starting to go up a little bit. I, I think that um, we've been very conscious about what's going on um you know you and i we make sure we wear masks wherever we go and i think a lot of the people around here are doing the same thing um but you never know i mean we could have a resurgence as well um you know i just started playing softball again this past week and who knows how that's gonna go so we'll we'll see what happens but but you had fun yeah i had fun but you know with with the the flight to to denver and then you know we had a flight later in the year to arizona uh to see your dad and and he was supposed to come out here this month too and you know we've we've had conversations and we're like you know it's if we have to go a year without air travel then you know so be it but uh you know, I think it was a great decision and, you know, we got, we got lucky with the, the flight costs, you know, and when we did that and, and it just happened to be the right place at the right time. If we weren't going through a pandemic, I'd be happy paying the mm-hmm. eight, $9,000 it would cost to go out to Denver. I think we just pulled the trigger with both those flights quicker than normal because it was oh, a bargain. We did. Yeah. Without, without I think it just goes to yeah. show you like with bargains everywhere, people are just very quick to pull the trigger and just saying, yeah, I, I should have that or I got to have that. Like there's something in our brain that are we are wired to think like mm-hmm. we would be stupid if we didn't grab on that. And I kind of had this epiphany when we were on a walk the other day about just the word investment because we were talking about um, and I want to share about what we're doing financially because it's this. I mean, this is about finances and it is. I like being yeah. open about it with our listeners, too, because I think these are conversations we should have on the reg. I use the rig. The rig. I feel cool. God, it reminds me of Kenny Powers. <laughs> Good times on the rig. Uh, I think these are conversations we should have. And I know we talked about this in 
our budgeting episode probably mm-hmm. just about yeah, we've had wanna... a couple of finance episodes yeah. in in the past here and and definitely i encourage you all to check out our budgeting episode i think that's one of our most uh most listened to episodes nice i mean yeah. everyone has to worry about money because you know money makes the world go round <laughs> but i had this epiphany when we were talking about investments and i realized that if i replace the word like purchases with investments for some reason when i hear the word investments i t- I take more thought into thinking mm-hmm. about it before I do anything. Like, instead of just, I bought a latte, it's like, I want to invest in a latte. And when I say that, it's like, that kind of changes the conversation to me. It's like, sure. if I'm investing in something, I really have to think about it. Like, is it in line with all my values? Like, mm-hmm. is this good for my family? Is this good for my health? Is this good for, like, in the long run? Um, you know, I feel like more thought goes into it when we use the word investments. And it just had me thinking about, Maybe switching that word for people who like need that trigger to like force themselves to think more. Just like mm-hmm. treat each tiny purchase you make like an investment. And it's weird. Like when you think about it, investments we usually think of are large things. Like they cost a lot of money or there might be some risks. But when you th- change happens when you make small changes. So why not think of the tiny purchases as investments? Because those are the tiny things that make monumental changes eventually in your life. Yeah. So why not flip it and everything you buy becomes an investment because it's they all have power to make great change in your life, whether positively or negatively. I mean, think about the way that the language has been changed over the last, I would say, probably the last 20 years or so, as particularly in like government. And they were like, it used to be government spending, government spending, government spending. But if you listen to the language that politicians talk about, it's all about investing. And it's because of that, that way that people think about investing. It's mm-hmm. like investing in the future, investing in our children, investing in infrastructure uh, and whatnot. And it's just like, yeah, you know, we need to make that investment. But when you change it to just spend money on those things, it's, it's a different feeling about it. And, and so, I think investing is a powerful word and, and using it for simple purchases as a latte from, I'm not going to say Starbucks because I, I'm not a big Starbucks fan, but you know, from a local coffee shop or investing in a plane ticket to go on a vacation, like it, it, it really changes the way you, you think about things. And, and I think it makes you act a little bit more intentionally yeah. when it comes to making those, those purchases. So I think a lot of what we're talking about today is is changing the language that we use when we are talking about making purchases and whether they're big or small. Um, but yeah, did you want to talk a little bit about? Yeah. So <laughs> I wrote just reflecting like I think this would be a cool exercise if anyone wants to try it. I guess I, it could be a take action, but maybe not. Let's I, exercise right now. I wanted to think of like the small investments that I've made recently to think if they all aligned with my values in life Mm -hmm. just to see if I am living how I'm speaking. And I was thinking like, we get lattes pretty often out. Um, We do takeout nights like twice a week. Um, We have a mini vacation coming up. Um, I just recently bought new clothes because I wore out my other ones and I buy very good food. Like I spend extra on organic food and quality brands and everything I just said definitely aligns either with like my family's needs, my family's health or my growth or it adds to an experience or it's good for my mindset or my emotional or physical health. Like all of those things totally aligned with what I value in life. So it just kind of confirms that what we're doing is working Mm -hmm. (laughs) and 
like we're saving money too. Like it's funny how we were programmed that if you spend more money, like you're supposed to save whenever you can and that's how you're going to save money in the long run. Mm -hmm. But really we spend money on the things that are adding to our well-being and what we value in life. And then we're not buying the other shit. And I think that's key what you're saying. And particularly now more than in the past is, you know, we're going through a time period where we've been socially isolated, distanced from our friends. You know, we haven't been going out to bars or restaurants. You know, we haven't been doing full on date nights. Uh, obviously, we've been doing takeout and you and I have our, our latte date once a week. Um, you know, so we're, we're finding ways to kind of make up for those things that we're missing right now. And it is adding value to ourselves because it's 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 helping us maintain our sanity, our well-being. And it's, you know, finding replacements for those things that we enjoyed pre-COVID and making slight adjustments and, and you know, investing in, in our well-being. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where maybe we are spending a little bit more on lattes than what we did in the past. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we've, we've done some budgeting spreadsheets and, and whatnot and, um, you know, kind of found out when, you know, when quarantine started that we were actually spending our money shifted. We were saving money in certain places, but we were shifting it some money to other plate to other places. And I think we've invested heavily in Lucille's happiness as well mm-hmm. over the last three months. Um, just kind of, thinking about some of the purchases that we've done just to kind of make it fun around here and in a place that's enjoyable for her as she grows and, and blooms. And, um, you know, we obviously find places to, to go and travel to now that playgrounds are open and whatnot, but before there were no playgrounds, like we couldn't take her to go swing on the swings or whatnot. So we had to come up with some creative things to, to do around here. So, you know, we've made a lot of small investments, but at the same time we're, making a couple large investments too. And one more thing I want to say before we talk about that. Yeah. I think what I've learned at least in my experience like in my life, I think I was trained to always save money in some capacity in like all areas of life. Like don't spend too much money on clothes, don't spend too much money mm-hmm. on food, like always find the deal everywhere instead of spend money on things that really matter to you. Yeah. And then the rest of it don't spend it all and you end up with this amazing blossoming bank account and a happy person. So to me, it's like we, I wasn't trained that way. It was, I was always trained to find the best deal on everything. Mm -hmm. And that's how you, that's how I was trained. That's how I'm going to save a lot of money and be happy in the future. Mm -hmm. But really what I'm finding out as an adult is that no, invest heavily and spend good quality money Mm -hmm. on the things that are going to make you a better human, a happier human, a healthier human, and then let the rest of the shit go and don't even worry about it. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of us were either brought up in excess or frugality. And just depending on how you were brought up, you know, some people are living outside of their means right now. And then some people are just they save everything and are waiting until they're in their 60s or 70s to experience life. And it's all about just saving, saving. And really, for us, it's it's really about finding that that happy balance. And, and there are some areas where we're going to be a little bit more frugal than other areas. And then there are other areas where we're going to be in excess because it brings us joy. It, it, we find value in it. But at the same time, you know, we, we've I feel like we've got a really good balance. I'd say rhythm, rhythm, balance, whatever you want to call it. Um, I would say more so in the last year, year and a half than than it's, ever. Yeah, it's taken a lot of practice. It has and really took a lot of practice. That. It took um, 
finding the right financial advisor and just this current situation that we're in because mortgage rates are ridiculously low right now. So Jillian and I... Let's talk about large investments. Yeah, let's talk about a little bit of large investments. Hashtag so, adulting. <laughs> Jillian and I are now taking advantage of these low rates and are refinancing because we're not, this is not, in our minds, this is not our forever home. Like we've, we've talked about that and that's actually you, a good episode we wanted to I talk told about. You, I don't forever. even like the word forever yeah, home. Yeah, you, you don't like that, that, that term. And there's so many unknowns. Like there is. Who knows where I, what I want in 20 years? So, you know, ideally, if we saw ourselves here long term, and I'm talking like the next 15 to 20 years, then we would be refinancing right now to shorten our loan term, like to a 15 or a 20 year term. But we know that we're not going to be here forever. We see ourselves here for the next three to maybe, I would say at the very most seven years. Um, and, and then we're, we're probably looking to downsize and, and do something with me, you and Lucille instead of, you know, the co-living situation that we have. But Right now, the co-living situation works extremely well for us. Your mom is right down the street and is able to watch both kids if we need. Yeah. Um, so it's a we're in a wonderful situation when it comes to support. So we made a decision. We have a and you know full disclosure, our loan rate right now is four percent. What we got back in 2015, and rates are below. 3% right now. Mm-hmm. So we locked in at 2.625 today, which is, you know, kind of part of the reason why we're talking about this. We are saving over $350 a month. And I, I always told Jill that, you know, we weren't going to refinance, you know, just because there are lower rates out there, um, unless we're saving. I think I said a minimum of $250 a month. And then I said it would be advantageous for us to to take a look at that. Well, $350 a month, uh, sign me up, you know, we'll, we'll take that. But, you know, we had to talk about our, our plan where we see ourselves in 5, 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we know that we're here between that 5 and 10 year mark. So for us, it made sense now for us to do, continue a 30 year loan save the $350 a month. And we're going to do a little investing into our house. Um, we're talking about possibly replacing our kitchen cabinets or just painting them. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. So everywhere else in the house has been updated. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that the last thing that we're doing has is the kitchen because that's where we spend the most time. It really is. So, you know, I've been doing little homemade things here and there to spruce up the kitchen and just keep it going. But lately, um, the cabinets have gotten really grimy. I mean, we've had these cabinets in the house since the house was built. Yeah, 93. And I, I think the kitchen needs some love in, and I think I'm ready for the kitchen to get a little facelift because we're in there all the time. And it's I'm your ready, studio. I'm ready to give it a little sparkle and something new. And you're, I'm ready to invest money in the place that brings me so much joy. And is like, the meat of my business. Like I got the joy of cooking in that kitchen and I want to give it some love. And so, uh, yeah, we are going to be investing some money and sprucing up the kitchen, probably getting some new cabinets and new countertops. And I know it's like, that's a lot of money, but you know what? We value that mm-hmm. kitchen more than life. And it, that's where 
all the memories have been made, like the dinners we share, the cocktails you make, the parties we have, like it's all around that island in that little kitchen. It really is. I think it's time it needs some loving and I'm, I'm ready to give it a little quality, you know, just spend some quality money on it and not, I don't want to half ass it. You know, I thought about painting the cabinets, but the face of the cabinets are wood and then the side of the cabinets are kind of like that fake wood where I'm like, I I was like, I think we should just, and you know what, that it's going to, one less thing the buyer who buys this house is not going to have to do. We're now we're going to make it. That's the biggest thing too is the kitchen. Like most people want to have the kitchen, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and then nice bathrooms and you know the bedrooms just need to be big or you know painted nicely or whatever. You know it it really doesn't matter. But like it's always the kitchen and the and the master bathroom seem to be the the main attraction in the house. And I know a lot of people like before they they sell they seem to renovate the kitchen and then they sell it and they don't really get to enjoy the renovation right, process so right. it's like if we're gonna renovate it like let's do it fucking now and let's we, do it for us and let's do it for us so we can enjoy it and put some loving into it and then we're gonna kindly give it or not give it sell it to someone another <laughs> family who's gonna put more love and joy in that kitchen and you know not have to worry about doing that so i'm really excited for this project yeah. it's kind of it's more than just you know a lot of money it's like it's really like I think it's in line with all of our values, and I think this is a, a good way to spend it. Yeah, I mean, it, we've had a lot of good conversations, I would just say, in the last 48 hours. I mean, on Monday, our neighbors who are selling their house, um, their real estate agent has been in touch with me because I'm the president of our homeowners association, and he needed some documents. And he slides in this, this text to me, and he goes, do you know anybody else in your development who is looking to sell their home. I got 17 offers on the house that is selling and he had it on the market for four fucking days and got 17 offers. And to me, I'm just like, in today's economy, there is a shortage of supply. Interest rates are the lowest that they are. Like this is prime buying time for anybody out there. Um, Actually, no, I I scratch that. It's not prime buying time. It is prime selling time. If you're buying right now, you're buying way over market value at a cheap rate. Um, Non-disclosure, I am not a financial advisor, so (laughs) don't take my word for it. But I, I, I look into this stuff here. But it was so appealing to me. And I'm like, Jill. And you even said it, you, you kind of brought it up before me. You're like, you know, maybe we sell and we, we live in a condo in Annapolis or something and, and figure that out. So we've, we've had to have a lot of conversations over the last 48 hours. But, you know, ultimately we decided that we want to stay here. We have the best support here. There's a lot of moving parts. Let's break up some of the monotony we've had here. Let's update the kitchen. It's the place we spend most of our time. Um, we're not taking any cash out of the house to, to do the updates. Um, we are going to get some money back from escrow because it's a rate term refinance. We're going to skip a mortgage payment. So essentially that's about six grand in our pocket right there. We're adulting hardcore We're, in this yeah, conversation yeah. right now. <laughs> so it's just like we have six grand to invest in the, to the, uh, the kitchen and we will be getting, I'd scratch that. We we're getting, two grand cash out because that's the max allowable amount when you do a rate term refinance. We're giving all the deets. I love this. We're going to have eight grand to play (laughs) with with the kitchen and then we'll we'll have to come out of pocket if if we need to for for the other part of it. But, you know, we've got new appliances. It's just really cabinets and possibly the countertops. Yeah. Oh, an oven. (laughs) 
And the oven. Yeah, I that's, think it's that's on a given. That is the oldest appliance in this house. Yeah. And we <laughs> we just pulled the trigger and thoughtfully invested in a new couch, too. We did. Um, it was time. And this is actually the first couch that Joe and I are purchasing together. It's pretty, pretty it, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I was <laughs> like, oh, man, we did we just make our first furniture purchase together? <laughs> actually, we, we did buy a king size bed a few years back. But um that's besides the point, you know, so we've got a, we bought a nice sectional leather couch that is kid friendly and pet friendly. Um, you know, you, you might not think that with leather couches, but trust me, my parents bought a leather couch when me and my brothers were probably in 10, 12 or whatever. And we beat the shit out of it. And then not to mention, you know, we had two dogs who were always up and off of it. You know, they don't they weren't scratchers or biters or anything like that. So, you know, we didn't worry about that. But I mean, that couch got great use. And then I ended up selling that furniture to the guy who bought my house in Baltimore. Yeah. So that furniture, as far as I know, is 25 years going strong. Yeah. Um, and is still the the best furniture ever. So we're, we're hoping that the, the leather couch that we have provides us that much value and that much time with it yeah i mean we so, invested a good chunk a of money in investment. it that wasn't a bargain by any means no, but like not we a, know not we really all. need that if we're putting this much money towards a couch and again we're on the couch all the time so we why are. not spend quality money where you spend your time yep absolutely so yeah that's that's what we're doing to kind of fill our <laughs> vacation void is to reinvest that money that we would normally take for these trips. It feels good and though, put it into the house, and do, it it, do it, do it does feel good. You know, it, it you know it looks back on all the hard work that we've done, and you know I'm just glad that we're able to 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 do this and make some of these fun changes to keep uh, things interesting here in the Kaselniak household. And I think something else that kind of sparked it is that we recently were. We talked with our friend who lives in Copenhagen because we did visit him yeah. last year in July. And I love the aesthetic of his home in Copenhagen. And Hugue is the word to describe it. Just that. Didn't we have a Hugue Cozy episode? feel, a lot of natural light, very bright spaces, lots of plants. And it just has that feel that you just like, you just want to stay in there all day. And I was like, why can't we put that in our home? Like, why can't we make our house have that vibe and we're starting to transform it a little bit like yeah. here and there you know with certain pieces of furniture we're not going crazy because no. you know me i don't like a lot of things to clean so it's like maybe a new pillow a new couch a new rug and you know we're we're making small steps to yeah. kind of like bring vacation to our house and just kind of give it that aesthetic cuz i think that's another thing with the monotony of being at home there's the monotony of your house as well and i think if it brings you joy and it adds to your mental health to change things in your home, whether that be a coat of paint, a new chair, a pillow, like why hold back? Like why not do that? Yeah. If it's going to make you feel a calmer and happier person. And again, now's the perfect time to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. This was fun. This was fun. I'm, I've never really enjoyed finances until how we discuss finances and we talk about it and we don't hide behind it and, I'm learning more about it. So I'm really excited to talk about money more. Yeah. yeah. And if this is something you guys want us to to talk about more, just hit us up. Slide into our DMs. I heard that today. Oh, I've always wanted to say that. Slide into our DMs and let us know. Well, you just said slide into my mail earlier, slide into my inbox, or you said, oh, you said, no you used idea. the word slide, and I was just kind of chuckling inside. <laughs> Man, am I getting old or what? 
I'm kidding. We're young. Yeah. So do you have any uh, resources, Jilly, to share with our lovely listeners? So this resource um, I got from... A, uh, Besides the fortune cookie. <laughs> uh, an Instagram post. And it's this guy who... I believe he's a financial advisor. And he I really am intrigued because he gets me thinking. He put a post up that said... Something about, if, have you ever been peer pressured into buying a house because you were told it's a good investment? And it was a great question. And I was like, just kind of reading people's answers. And I had two responses that I kind of resonated with that I wanted to share if that was cool. It's All cool right. with me, baby. So one of the people um, responded, absolutely. Gotten this pressure from well-meaning friends and family. However, for my husband and I, buying only worked out for us because we budgeted and planned for building a home studio for my husband's side gig instead of spending more on rental space and cutting down on his pain of shuffling around his loads of equipment. A home gym, two gym memberships cut out, a home office for me instead of a co-working space, and a garden to support our hobbies. By no means was it, quote unquote, cheaper in the long run, nor did we feel like we wasted money renting. We loved renting. We only decided to buy once we ran the numbers, budgeted for the house and amenities to support our lifestyle and factored in what a rich life looked like to us. All of the above, plus guest rooms so our parents and families can come and stay with us as long as they want after COVID settles. I still remain maintain. You have to run the numbers and be honest about your mm-hmm. lifestyle and future plans. We bought with intent to stay for the next 10 years and in a good school district for our future children. But shit happens and we'll see how it pans out. Long-winded way of saying, though we choose to buy, we are working on changing the dialogue at home so our siblings don't feel the pressure to buy if it doesn't make sense for them. And I I completely agree with <laughs> everything she said. Oh, yeah. I, you know, one of the things I know, my brother was a huge power lifter a few years back and had to stop power lifting just because he's having some issues with his hip. Uh, and I think maybe his knees as well, but he invested in his home gym. And although he, it probably took a few years to, to break even or whatever you want to say, if, if he was going to his own gym, I mean, he got so much use out of it. I mean, he was in there every day working out hard and, um, just, trying to master his craft and and so like for him that was like huge value and he was willing to invest in in that equipment but when it comes to like renting versus buying you have to you have to run the numbers like it's a and, and a lot of people say you have to buy you have to buy and it's just the american way or it's the right thing to do and and no that's not necessarily true you have to do what's best for you given your situation and yeah, you have to kind of look a little bit into the future. And, and obviously, many of us don't know what the future holds for us. But, you know, it, we see we we looked at it and we said, we see ourselves here for this certain amount of period. Will we be here longer? Maybe. Will we be here shorter? Possibility. But that know. was what we said that our plan yeah. is. And that's how we made the decision to do what we wanted to do. But I like how she said, like, this is our rich life. Like, sometimes right. rich doesn't mean in money. Rich could be in just being surrounded by the things that bring you joy and you always find the deeper meaning i I love you i'm sorry no no that that's that's perfect um and i there's one more response that i really loved is that okay if i read it please all right so she responded i love owning our home it's meaningful to us but after reading your advice i now think of our home more as an indulgence and less as an investment and i think that overall is a healthier less emotional way to look at it 
I think a lot of people are missing your point that there are hidden expenses outside of your mortgage that you don't necessarily get back. So anyway, as an enthusiastic homeowner, I support this message. It doesn't mean owning a home cannot be worth it to you. Flip the script. I like it. And you're right. There there are hidden costs to owning a home. And and I think the biggest one that we learned pretty quickly was the HVAC system. Yeah. And just how much that costs. And, and luckily, we were able to get a 0% loan on that. But that was a, a monthly payment that we had to take on for I think we it was a five-year loan we ended up paying it off in three and a half years but yeah I mean just those those added expenses well those expenses add up is what I wanted to say and then think about the stuff you put into the lawn care if you have a lawn and all that stuff so there's just a yeah there's a lot of hidden expenses and, and it's funny when I look at rental prices I'm just like well that's more than my mortgage and then I think about it. It's like, okay, well, I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for this. So there's there's pros and cons to, to either yeah. approach. I think overall what I got from both them posts is that an investment doesn't necessarily is monetary. Yeah. To me, investment in thinking about all of the things you value in life are more important. You can't just always think about the money side of things. There are other things that you need to think about when it comes to just living a meaningful life. True that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I know. I'm bringing back my inner youth. Oh, man. And do you have a quote of the day for us, Jilly? I do. Our quote of the day is Drop by it. Ramit Sethi, who is the guy I follow. Oh, Ramit's the man. And I'm going to put all of his um, juiciness in our show notes. So if you guys want to follow him on Instagram and get some good content. I highly encourage you to follow him. He's good people. Yeah. All right. Here's his quote. There's no shame in spending a tremendous amount on the things you love. If you can afford it and you love it, why not? Couldn't have said it better myself. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I agree too. <laughs> agree to agree. Awesome. <laughs> and what about that take action challenge there, Jilly? I think your take action challenge should just look at the investments you're making. The small ones, the medium ones, mm -hmm. the large ones, and are they aligned with what you value in life? Yeah. That's I it. Do it. You'll get a nice picture of where you're at and hopefully spark a conversation on, on where you want to be. And hopefully you'll be able to take some action on those thoughts that you all have. So any that, last words? Just I feel like if you look at the investments that you're making are they helping you become the person you want to become? And if they're not, like, start changing them. Leave it at that. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing review or simply by sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will talk to you again next week. See you later, guys.